Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Square State Sandlot Podcast. I've got John Kenny joining me, and I am your host, Bill Montoya. Got a lot to break down, but mostly we'll be talking about NBA today, um, the Warriors and Mavs series that just finished up, and then we got the Celtics and Heat ongoing series. Game seven is tonight, so excited to see the, the results of that one. Uh, and then a couple other topics, but we'll go right into it. So, John, do you want to go into the Warriors first, or, or where do you want to go? Uh, might as well start with the Warriors since they are headed to the finals. Uh, Sixth time exciting. with with the core, so that's exciting. Good to see. Yeah, how I are guess, you feeling uh, about? Sorry, how are you feeling about that that series they just wrapped up against the Mavs? Uh, it was not exactly what I thought after the Mavericks played such a good game against the Suns. They had such a good series. They played so well. I thought it was going to be a more lopsided back and forth, kind of what like the Eastern Conference is going for. But the Warriors just took it to them. Uh, yeah. It seemed like every game, not really a comeback, but they just seemed to outplay the Mavericks in the third and fourth quarter every time. Uh, even the game they lost, it was an amazing comeback from 29 points down to yeah. within eight with all of their reserves. And yeah, no, just to that see was, them uh, play out of their mind was phenomenal. It seemed like the Mavs would definitely give them their, their best punch in the first and second quarter. And, and then the, the Warriors would start to pull away towards the end. But yeah, that game was a game four that they lost. Um, the Mavs, yeah, 29-point lead. They, the bench brought it back to eight points. And then, for some reason, Kerr brought the starters back in that had been sitting for the last, you know, eight, ten minutes, something like that. And I felt like he should have just let it ride with the bench since, since they were doing so well. And, obviously, when you when you go out of the game expecting to sit the rest of the game, I don't know that the mindset's exactly, oh, now I got to get back up and go if we get close. So, I would have liked to see the bench as well as they were playing, just, just stay the rest of that game and see what they could do. And, and, you know, obviously they end up winning the series in, in five. So it's not a big deal, but. Right. Getting but rest was... for Otto Porter Jr. And uh, hopefully we'll have Iguodala and uh, GP2 coming back for, for the finals. It sounds like Gary Payton's getting pretty close. They're confident he'll play maybe not the first or first or second game, but probably in that third game at the absolute latest based on his current progress. So I think yeah, he's he's helpful for game one is everything that I've heard, but uh, realistically, I mean game two at the earliest in my head. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's, I don't it's wanna, a big deal. Don't want to get my hopes up and obviously who would have thought we were talking about there the guy that barely made the roster I know. you know at the beginning of the season being one of the key contributors especially on the defensive side of the basketball so it's it's been a crazy season and honestly like when we started talking at the beginning of the season this was kind of the expectation based on what they did last season without clay and then all the key contributors that they supposedly got in the draft they got moody and they got kaminga so there was a lot of hype coming into this season that they would be able to um, 
get back to the finals and and they've definitely lived up to that even though they've been dealing with a lot of injuries to Draymond Steph um obviously Wiseman's missed the whole season uh, Iguodala's been out a good chunk of the season as well so it's it's great to see what they've done and yeah I think the Mavs are they have great players on their team they have Dinwiddie they have Brunson that uh, really helped, but I don't think those guys are good enough to help Luca get over the hump. So I know those guys were all saying, be wary, we're, we're coming for you. And same thing with the Grizzlies, but it'll be interesting to see how the West shapes out in the next couple of seasons. Cause I think obviously that's a little bit ahead of where we are right now, but until we know who the Warriors will be matching up against, that's kind of fun to at least think towards of what what the west is going to look like next season yeah i i just i have a hard time seeing the mavericks going the distance with just luca and running everything through luca when you see the rest of the team like putting up the point like uh was it dorian finney smith and uh not Brunson. What, who's the other guy's name with a B? That dude with the funny looking hair. He, he was 0 for 10 in game 5, 4. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, don't know why I, I can't think of his name right now. But yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about. It's just, it's just hard to win when they're not performing ultimately. And they yeah. had games when they can't miss. That game 4 against the starters they couldn't miss and Bullock. it's just hard bullock yeah uh, i just can't see them going the distance with him touching the ball every time like you could see he dribbles he wants to get to the paint and then make a pass or make a play and you just need something else I think Bronson took it upon himself to be that something else. And it, I think it helped against the Suns. I, I think yeah. he averaged 28 points a game. And I think that's why they won. You didn't see that from him against Golden State. No. And I think the the matchups were, were definitely in favor of the Warriors because the Warriors can, most of their players other than Steph can, can guard, you know, one through four. Uh, including Wiggins. So, and, and you even have like Draymond that can cover one through five. So it's Brunson is definitely undersized and he got kind of exposed on the defensive end. It seemed like they were just going after him. And um, yeah, a lot of their, a lot of their players on their team are, are definitely offense first and some of them are offense only. And I think that definitely hurt them. The, the, especially when they weren't shooting well, they couldn't keep up with the Warriors. And not that the Warriors shot the lights out. I mean, they right. they definitely had their struggles as well. But when they started missing those threes that they normally make, they would cut to the basket and try to get to the rim and, and force, the, force the subject. I mean, they were, you know, drawing fouls and doing whatever they could do to get some points on the board where it seemed like the Mavs were just willing to just stay behind the three-point line, wait till there was three seconds left on the shot clock and jack up a three. So it it was kind of surprising to me. I mean, 
Jason Kidd basically said, we're living, or we live by the three, we die by the three, and there weren't really any adjustments made from then on. So I don't know. It was weird, but it was kind of honestly how I expected it to go just because of the matchups, the individual matchups for the, the series. I don't know that I saw it going in five, but, you know, I definitely saw thought that the Warriors would, would dominate that series. So, yeah. What do you think I, about the Celtics and Heat series? Uh, I'm surprised it's been like so overwhelming on either side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the whole playoffs have like really weird. been that way. It is weird. I've never seen a playoff like this. Like, I, yeah, there are some series where there are just good games after good games, and then there's just like I'm turning it off halfway through because they're just blowouts. Yep. And and I don't turn it off when it's the Warriors because I've seen them come back yeah. from you know thirty behind and and make a game out of it but a lot of the other games yeah it's like there's a 30 point spread by the middle of the third quarter it's like well i probably don't need to watch this and that's how it's been pretty much throughout the entire playoffs i mean you have and it's so weird to see a team dominate by you know 30 points one night and then lose by 30 the next night it doesn't make sense but that's that's what we've seen a lot and a lot of people are attributing it to not enough time in between games which I don't know that that's necessarily it because it feels to me like there's a ton of time between all these games. Yeah. But I guess I I'm not going out there and lacing up the shoes, but. Yeah. I don't know. the playoffs. I know they're playing a lot of hefty minutes, but they're two. I mean, they should be in the Eastern Conference finals, two of the best teams. You should have yep. two of the best teams. Like, they shouldn't be blowouts. I mean, I could consider one one game maybe having a blowout. But outside of that, they should be close back and forth. I think it was game six they had uh, one of the announcers. He, he had mentioned, like, this is the first uh, lead change in today, today's game, or uh, back then, Friday, I think. But it was the fifth overall lead change in the entire series. Like that yeah, is insane. weird. Yeah, because I can't remember which Grizzlies game against the Warriors, but there was what, like 26 lead changes or something? Or maybe that was for the series. I don't know. But there was a ton of them just in yeah. that one game alone. But yeah, no, it's it's weird how lopsided everything has been. But and they, I don't know. They've also been winning away from home. Yep. The away teams have been blowing out the home team. So yeah, I'm wanting the Heat to win. I think the uh, Warriors are going to have a struggle against the Celtics if the Celtics make it. So I'm rooting for the Heat. And in this kind of situation, it doesn't seem like the Heat are going to come out ready to roar. I mean... Yeah, I think the Heat are the team that's struggling more with, with injuries. I mean, they've had Harrow out. They've had Kyle Lowry out. Um, various players have missed games. I know Boston's been banged up throughout the uh, throughout the playoffs so far, but I think they're probably the healthiest they've been right now. So 
and they have, you know, three legit players that are Tatum's a superstar. And then you have Brown and, uh, smart. I think it up their smart. third. Yes. Smart. They, they've got those three guys that can go up against just about anyone in this league. I think the Warriors will probably be favored no matter which team wins. Um, and I, I think they could beat either team. But, yeah, Boston definitely plays that stifling defense that that the Warriors haven't seen a ton of uh, so far in this playoff series. Um, and I guess the one other thing Boston mirrors them in is that they turn the ball over a lot too. So I don't know. I It's tough to say. I think, yeah, just because of the injuries that Miami's struggling with right now, I think that would be the better matchup. But I think the Warriors could beat either of these teams in the in the finals. So, yeah, I, I look at it a little bit. Uh, Celtics have never been there with this core. Yeah, maybe that would give them the edge. I, they have a terrific defense, and it yep. can just show up. But that Robert Williams is unbelievable around the rim. Well, and he's the one that's been banged up for the most part this entire playoff. So if he's healthy, then yeah, I mean, he's going to be a huge part of that defense. I'm excited to see this game tonight to see who, who ends up representing the, the East in the finals. Uh, yeah, I hope but it's I a think, good game. I mean, the Warriors have been resting for, what, two days already while these guys are still going, and then they're going to have another four days to rest, and they're hosting it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So. so it'd be good. Exactly. And I'm hoping that the Warriors, the entire core, gets healthy. I I am not entirely sure what the idea of playing Iguodala is if he comes back. I think yeah. he is such a high IQ player. It'd be hard for him not to make an impact. Well, I mean. I think he's going to be doing what he has been all season, and that's coming off the bench and shutting down the the other team's offense on, on the second team. So, I mean, he's still got some of the quickest and best hands in the league. I mean, he's always getting steals, always getting blocks, still very athletic. Obviously, he's not a, a big scorer at this point in his career, but he can cut to the basket, he can slam at home, and, and he's perpetually in motion just like the, the rest of the Warriors team does. So, if he can get healthy, I think he will be a huge boost along with Gary Payton the second. Those yeah. two on just the defensive impact that they have is is what warrants them being on the on the court. But Gary Payton the second was contributing on on the offensive side of the basketball as well in the playoffs. So if he can come back and do half the things he was doing with that bum arm, I mean, he's still gonna be an addition to the to the team. So is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of NBA or? Oh yeah, uh, you've got you got a couple questions here. Yeah, uh, they were just kind of like off the cuff. I've just been wondering about them for a while. Uh, I think my number one has to do with the Lakers because they're so popular, but they had a dumpster fire this season. Yes. And I don't think they know what to do. I've heard a bunch about. Uh, trading Kyrie for uh, Westbrook. I would love that trade just because 
I think it would be a disaster for both teams. But I, I can't remember who brought it up, but I had jumped on it and I had agreed wholeheartedly the Lakers should consider trading LeBron James. If they want to be a better team, they have given away so much these last few years. Uh, I think Anthony Davis is a better core and what they could get for LeBron James makes sense to me. I think every team in the league would trade for LeBron James if they could. And yeah. I would just look out to see, you know, maybe finding something else. My only concern is if you're if you're going to build a team around Anthony Davis, you're going to have to plan on him not playing half the games in the season because even when he's healthy, they still load manage him because they're afraid he's going to get hurt. He's been hurt every season he's been with the Lakers for at least some amount of time. Um, I would guess he's probably played in about half the games if that for for his entire Lakers contract. Uh, I think the bubble was the exception when they when they shut the season down for COVID and then brought it back on a shortened season. I think that was the most he's played in a season since when he was with Pelicans. Um, so I don't know if I, I would exactly plan around building around Anthony Davis because he's so injury prone. But no, I think now's the time to get moving if you're I mean, it's going to be a difficult couple seasons, but this last season they missed the playoffs and they had all those guys. So I don't know what the positive forward looking is on that because all the rumors are saying that just to trade Westbrook and another team to be willing to take that contract, they want a one in return for that. So just to get rid of Russell Westbrook, they're going to have to give a team uh, a first-round pick. And I don't think they have one until like 2027 at this point. They've yeah. traded all of them for for the guys that they have acquired. So I don't know. I mean, it's if you're looking to recover some assets, it definitely makes sense to move on from LeBron. But at the same time, LeBron's going to give you a good chunk of the season. Obviously, he he's getting a little bit older, so he's starting to do some of that load management as well and, and taking some games off for when they have back-to-backs and things like that. But I don't know. It's it's going to be difficult for them to get rid of Westbrook. So if, if you think the better route to go to get that team back up on its feet, the quickest is probably trading LeBron, keeping Westbrook, keeping Davis, or possibly even trading Davis and just seeing what they can do in the next couple of seasons and then actually have some draft picks to recover. But I think what they're holding on to hopes for is that they can draft Bronny Jr. and keep keep LeBron there for for the long term. But I don't know if that's the best plan either. We'll see. Yeah, it might be the best plan to sell tickets. I think a lot of people would show up for the game and that yep. might be the game plan what they're looking for my idea was just uh future picks yeah well and they need some future a little bit yeah Yeah. they've given away basically everything everything. yeah Yeah. like so it's gonna be a rough time coming soon for the lakers i think 
Yeah. Well, and you know, the owners already talked to, to the media and said, you know, we're not happy. We're going to start making some changes around here. Obviously they just hired their, their new head coach. And I can't even remember where I know he came from Milwaukee system. He was assistant coach there or something, but, um, so they got a new coach, but I mean, at the end of the day, you, if you've got LeBron on your team, you've already ceded some of that control. So, I mean, it's got to be a guy that's willing to work with those guys at least. But the funny thing that I saw in this whole thing was Kent Bazemore. Yeah, yeah. Signed with the Lakers instead of the Warriors when he had basically the same offer, thinking that the Warrior or the Lakers were in a better spot to win a championship. And here the Lake, Lakers are missed the playoffs and the Warriors are going into the finals. And he just said, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Man, I wish I would have went to the Warriors. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, I, I heard he turned down more money for a bigger role in the offense. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, he probably would have had a decent role because of Steph getting injured halfway through the season and all that. I mean, there's been plenty of guys... Clay was missing the entire first half of the season. That's why Jordan Poole got to step up so much, and we got to see what he was. So, I mean, I feel like he would have taken that role of Damian Lee and, That's you know, been the backup point guard when when Steph came off the court. But I don't know. Interesting. Just thought I would put that in there because he and shared he on Twitter, congrats to my homies, but I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. And it's kind of interesting to see if, if he would have signed with them, what would have happened with Gary Payton? Yeah. Would he have made the team at all? I think so. Well, I don't know, because at the end of the day, Damian Lee is related to Steph, so if he wants him there, he's probably going to be there. So that's a tough question. I mean, I think so, because... I was reading an article earlier, I think it was a couple of days ago, and it said it was just about Gary Payton and making the team. And essentially, Steph told the GM, he said, you got to sign him because I don't want to face him. Yeah. Because during the, the summer workouts and all that stuff, he was shutting Steph down pretty good, making it very difficult on him just to get shots off. So. Steph had the foresight to see, yeah, he's going to be a contributor, and, and that's why they ended up making that 15th man spot for him. So I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, obviously all that's hearsay on what would have right. happened, but I bet he's definitely regretting that decision to sign with, with the Lakers at this point. Yeah, I bet he's at home watching them play just like kicking have been there a little bit. Yeah. Could have been there. He would have been there. All right, and then you had a note about the Ball brothers. And this was a few weeks ago, because I know we haven't done our podcast for a few weeks, but I had seen the Ball brothers had mentioned if, uh, what is his name? The the middle Lonzo? child. Lonzo? No. Um, I don't even know. Lonzo's the only one I know. Lonzo Lamelo. Lamelo, there you go. That's the youngest. I, I can't remember the other one. Yeah, I can't remember. It, I think it was Lavar saying if 
Uh, Leangelo. He's the yeah. one outside the league right now, right? He was on the practice squad for the Hornets. Okay. So if he made the team and if all Ball brothers were on the same team, they would run a dynasty. And it was just another one of those, I, I, I almost hate it, but I love it at the same time because it's just absolute nonsense. Just like, you know, LeVar was saying before, uh, no, I can't remember their name. The oldest kid. I think Get that's in. Lonzo, right? Yeah, Lonzo. Got into the league. It was just fire of nonsense coming from LeVar. And it was just another one of those things that I love hearing it. It makes no sense. But I would like to see it. I would like to see it just to get proved wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't hate LeVar for, you know, being vocally outspoken for his kids and supporting the hell out of his kids because, you know, a a lot of parents don't do that as much. But he, uh, I think the only reason that he annoys me is because how obnoxious he is about doing it. <laughs> exactly. But no, it, tough to fault him for, you know, sticking up for his kids and all that. And I don't think having all three, I mean, two of them are really good. The Leangelo one, he's not been on a NBA team to actually contribute yet. So we'll see what he's got. But I don't know. Seems like yeah. nonsense to me. <laughs> You can't say they're bad players because Lamelo's a fantastic player. Yeah, Lonzo's not he, bad either. Exactly. I, I think Chicago really missed him this season or this playoffs because yep. they had one of the top defenses. Yeah. And he loved to pass the ball, and he was good. And he started hitting his threes. I think he was at like thirty-six or thirty-eight percent this season. So. He's evolving into a great player. I think LaMelo will evolve into a an all-star. I think he's going to make a bid for all-star. Yeah. Uh, Leangelo, I don't know. I haven't seen him play at no, all. No, he hasn't. I mean, he's so, been, I think, in the G League or yeah. I don't even know if he's been on a G League team, but yeah, he hasn't but I, signed. I, I haven't seen him play in a, in the G League games at all. Yeah. So I, I can't say like, you know, like a Jordan Poole. You could see him showing out. Uh, Moses Moody and Kaminga, they played fantastic down there. So I haven't seen him play, but I think it would be interesting and fun to to watch all of them play on the same team. I don't know Even if it'll ever happen play. based on their contracts, but it would definitely be interesting to see what three brothers could do all on the same team. Yeah. All right. And then let's move on to NFL notes. You, you've got your Packers schedule release. What did you think about that? And do you even care about the schedule release? I know a bunch of people get fired up about it, but I mean, yeah, to me, it's, it's just pretty a lot dumb. of drama. Yeah. It's baseless drama. The only thing for me is Green Bay has a game in London. So that does it's suck. exciting to see well, that. Good for you, but sucks for the team. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like they have games in Germany now, too. 
Yeah. So, Are you going to go to that game? Uh, the ticket sales aren't out yet, so I want to see how much it's going to cost. Because uh, last year when Miami Miami played somebody not very good, it wasn't a very good matchup. But the tickets were like 300 pounds wow. for cheap seats. That's Insane. like four hundred dollars. I I am not sure that I wanna pay that much to go see Green Bay play like the Titans, I think. Is that who they're matched up against? I'll have to look. Let me check. But I I know it's not a marquee matchup. So No, it's Giants. Um, Giants. Yeah. Oh, yeah worse. That's going to be a blowout for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be cool to go because I could show Sean, you know, a professional football game. I could get to go see the Packers. It's going to be an interesting season. So I think it'd still be fun. But for, you know, 49er tickets or Las Vegas ticket prices, I'm not sure that I want to. Yeah, I don't blame you there. I mean, I I really want to go to the the Raiders in Vegas this upcoming season. I think I might, but again, it's going to be all about the ticket prices, so we'll see. I want to go to that Week 18 versus the Chiefs matchup. That would be insanity, but I'm sure tickets for that are going to be 1000 for the damn cheap seats. Yeah. And then... So you're feeling okay about the, the Packers schedule? What are you thinking their record's going to be? I mean, it's super early. We still don't even know who's going to be on the 53. But based on what you're seeing from what's on the schedule and, and how teams were last year, what do you think they'll go this year? Well, I I, I have no idea how the team's going to look at this point. I, anyone outside of you know, Julio Jones or OBJ, I haven't seen them sign yet. So if it's the Green Bay team as it is right now, I can't see them winning 13 games again. Minnesota is going to be a tough team. Uh, You got Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but they're always a good team. They have Dalvin Cook and... I feel like they're going to be on the downturn and the Lions will probably surprise some people. Not that they're going to be, you know, a playoff team, but I think they'll win closer to six to eight than instead of what they go like three wins last year, three and 14, something like that. Obviously you got to work around Jared Goff, but. I I don't see, I, I still see him winning the conference. Yeah. But I can't see him winning 13 again. I think that's a bit much. I, I you know, they have great running backs, which I think they can carry. They're going to have a great defense this season, so that's going to help them out a ton. But you know, Christian Watson as number one wide receiver, and then Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, that's not boasting a whole lot of confidence. Yeah. But I think you guys are set up to run the rock a lot more. So I don't know if you're going to depend on pack, uh, 
on Rodgers throwing for, you know, 6,000 yards in a season. I think this year it's going to be a lot more balanced offense, which I think in the long run is going to benefit you guys because you're not going to be relying on throwing football when it's 10 degrees outside and snowing. You guys will actually have a semblance of a run game as well. So I think in the long run, having less receivers is actually going to be a blessing in disguise for you guys. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys do. Um, Yeah, I don't think you'll win 13, but I think you'll win 12. So how about you guys give us Darren Waller? Not happening. Well, I don't know. So I know what they told the front office told him you're not going anywhere. And that was, you know, a couple weeks ago. So that was because that Waller, uh, Waller to Green Bay trade that apparently almost happened during, was it before the draft or I don't remember when it came up, but it was semi-recently. Oh no, it was during the Devante trade. They were talking about trading Waller for Devante instead of a draft pick, but because he was franchise tagged. He, they couldn't trade him or something. I can't remember the exact specifics behind it, but so that was almost part of it, but then they redid it and made it a one and a two instead of Waller and a two. Um, but yeah, the, the team has basically gone back and said to Darren Waller that you're not going anywhere. We promise we're not trying to trade you. That was just something that came up and was bounced off, but the paper never went through to, to make that trade official or whatever. So but I did just see who was the white or the tight end that just got extended from Cleveland yesterday. Yeah. Browns. Njoku? Is that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Njoku. Yeah, he just got extended yesterday and they paid him, I think, $14 million a year, which is almost double what Waller's making with the Raiders. So wow. I could definitely see him not being happy with that, especially since Waller has no more guaranteed money on his contract. So I know that come June 1st, the Raiders will have $20 million more in cap space. So possibly money to go to Waller, possibly money that, that can go to Renfro. I don't know if there's anyone still out there on the free agent market that we're looking at uh, to bring in. But, yeah, that's going to make it a lot more difficult for the Raiders to fit him and, and Renfro both under the cal- salary cap because, yeah, David and Joku got – a four-year, $56.75 million extension yesterday. So that's crazy money for him. I don't think he's had more than 500 yards receiving in a season. And I think well, that, four is his high for touchdowns. Yeah. I, I think he was like the second wide receiver on their team. I don't think he led the team in rece- receptions by tight end. No. Yeah, he's... Yeah, 36 receptions, 475 yards, and four touchdowns last season. And they're paying him that much money. That's insanity. Like That just ruins the rest of the league. I know they're paying him on upside because they think he's, you know, a top tight end or whatever. But, man, you got to make someone at least do something before you pay him like that, in my opinion. That's insane. Whoever his agent is should get a huge bonus for talking that up. That's that's what scares me about Waller. Now that that extension is signed, well, maybe they can't get his deal done, and now they have to ship him out. So as of right now, I would say there's a 0% chance Waller gets moved. Uh, but maybe after this season or if he's 
disgruntled and not showing up to workouts, which he's already been showing up to workouts. He showed up to OTAs and all that. So um, I don't see him holding out. I would love to see him get more money because he absolutely deserves it. But at the same time, you can't pay everyone. So exactly. we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I think what you guys should do is go out and sign Julio Jones right now. And then, yeah, maybe if you can make a trade for, a, I don't know, Julio Jones at this point is probably a two, maybe a three. Uh, but I think in spurts, he could still be a one. I don't know. It's interesting. Anything else yeah. you want to talk about NFL-wise? Uh, I can't think of it right now, no. Okay. All right. Well, we thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to call it a pod right now. Uh, hope you guys tune in later this week. We should have another one coming out and then again on Sunday. So cool. hope you guys have a wonderful holiday weekend, Memorial Day. Remember what that's all about. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.